Welcome into Locked On Phillies. The Phils win their final game of the regular season and advance to the playoffs. They're all set with a matchup with the Miami Marlins. We're breaking everything down. Why I'm worried about it. Why you shouldn't be. And we'll also recap the regular season on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for checking out Locked On Phillies. And today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Check out the folks over at GameTime for anything you need tickets-wise. And, um... I believe if I'm correct, you have a couple games here in the city of Philadelphia that might be tough tickets to come by that you might want to go over to game time and see what you can do to get them done. Yes, the Philadelphia Phillies are matching up with the Miami Marlins in the wild card series. It's a divisional matchup, an NL East showdown, and it could be two in a row. Well, it's going to be two in a row because whoever wins this series, I believe, is locked into facing the Atlanta Braves. Uh, So... Yeah, that also up. I know for a fact the Phillies will if they win the series, and um, there could be two NL East matchups in a row for the Philadelphia Phillies. That would be very, very interesting in the scheme of the playoffs. So let's start with Miami. Let's not put the cart ahead of the horse, okay? Uh, here's how everything wrapped up as far as the wild card situations in baseball, and I'll, I'll talk you through kind of everything that's going on. So the Phillies are your top wild card seed. Uh, let's just start with the standings in general, right? Okay. Uh, so here are the standings for. Uh, for both leagues. So in the National League, the Atlanta Braves are your top overall seed. They won the NL East. They won 104 games. They're a juggernaut. They're monsters. They're your top seed. The Dodgers won the NL West. They won 100 games even. They're going to be your two seed. Milwaukee won the NL Central. They won 92 games. Now, it's actually nice to see this year all three teams that won the division, um, the Braves, Dodgers, and Brewers, are all better records than the top wildcard seed. Now, the fact that it's the Phillies is kind of annoying, but I always it always bothers me when there's like a 104-win division winner like you have in Atlanta, and then if the Phillies had won 100 games, they'd be below the Dodgers and below the Brewers, even though it's the same amount of games that the second-seeded Dodgers won. That always bothers me, so it's kind of nice to see everything symmetrical. Um, so we got that all set up. Uh, then here's how the wild card breaks down. The Phillies are your top wild card seed. They won 90 games. The Miami Marlins have the second wild card series. They're 84 and 78. And the Arizona Diamondbacks also at 84 and 78. The tiebreaker goes to Miami. Miami will be the team that comes to Philadelphia to face the Phillies. It's a team I didn't want to see. All right. The Cubs, by the way, find themselves on the outside looking in by one game. They were so good in the second half. They were so darn good. Um, the Padres and the um the Reds both actually end up missing by what looks like looks to be two games here. Two games could have put them in a tie. So the Padres ended up making a really late push, but they didn't really uh, have enough to get the job done too slow of a start. Bottom line is Phillies are taking on the Marlins. Now, 
I'm going to tell you why I'm worried about that in just a second. I do want to let you know the schedule for the games for the Philadelphia Phillies, Miami Marlins, first round series, the wild card series. So all games at Citizens Bank Park, the Phillies, the top seed, get all games. It's a three-game series. Game one is 8 p.m. tomorrow. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. That's game one of the NL Wildcard Series, 8 p.m. Citizens Bank Park, Phillies Marlins. Uh, game two is Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Game three, if necessary, is Thursday at 8 o'clock. All these games at Citizens Bank Park. Super simple for the Phillies. 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you're going to have a couple late nights. If you wake up early in the morning to go to work, well, make sure you get some mid-afternoon naps in because you got 8 o'clock games. I don't mind it at all. Um, now, I don't mind it because I don't have to be up as early for work with what I'm doing right now over at 97.5 The Fanatic radio-wise. So that's nice for me. But I understand people with a normal work schedule, if that bothers you, man, I'm sorry. But 8 o'clock game, love it. Opportunity for a lot of eyes to be on you. Uh, hopefully you don't have to play that Thursday game and it's only two because the Phillies could potentially sweep out the Marlins. But uh, let me tell you why I'm worried before we go a little bit deeper into why you shouldn't be worried about the Marlins. It's just the divisional familiarity. The Miami Marlins are a team that knows the Philadelphia Phillies as well as any other team in baseball. Not only that, but knows how to beat them as well as any other team in baseball. Uh, I mean, these two teams just – they play very tight games, and the Marlins find a way to win more than they lose against the Philadelphia Phillies. They just have for what feels like the past 10 years. It's just one of those teams where they always seem to have the Phillies number. Now, do I think that there's something legitimate to that that should make you uneasy about the quality of the Phillies? No. I, like, no, I don't. But here's where that's an issue. Like, I don't think that the Marlins always being able to hang with the Phillies makes them as good of a team as the Philadelphia Phillies. But playoffs is about mindset. You're playing the same game. The difference is every game matters more, and the pressure is ratcheted up to a billion. So the team that often has success is the team that can handle pressure the best. That sounded like a Dr. Seuss line. Uh, but that's how postseason works in any huge professional sport, and that's how it works in Major League Baseball as well. So here's the deal, right? The Marlins, the biggest scary thing about the Marlins is of the potential wildcard teams, they have the most reason to believe they can beat the Philadelphia Phillies. The Cubs, no. The Diamondbacks, no. The Padres, no. The Reds, no. The Marlins have proven it to themselves that they can hang with this Phillies team. And belief that you can do something is the first step to being able to do it. I don't love that they have that belief, and I don't love that they have a lot of experience facing Zach Wheeler, facing Aaron Nola, facing Ranger Suarez, facing this bullpen. Uh, their pitchers have a lot of experience facing these hitters. They're also a lefty-heavy team. They got a bunch of lefties uh, in the starting rotation, the bullpen, all that stuff. They're going to be tough to deal with on that front because it makes life harder for Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper. Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh, guys like that, that you need to be a big part of this series. So I don't love the matchup with Miami. It was my least favorite matchup between any of the teams vying for a wild card spot. Those are kind of the reasons why. And it, it makes me nervous. I'll, I'll be honest. I still think the Phillies are the higher quality team, but those are the reasons that I was looking at this, mainly the belief that they can get this job done. Like, 
playoff experience is key for teams because when you go and you win an NLDS, when you win an NLCS, when you go ahead and you win a World Series, like those big accomplishments make you believe you can do these things. And normally I would pick a more proven team playoff wise over a less proven team, a team that's won a divisional series before, a team that's won a World Series before, like stuff like that. Those factor highly into the quality of that team come playoff time, regardless of like the actual talent on the field. Having been there before matters. Unless you're playing a team that you've had significant success against in the regular season, like the Marlins have with the Phillies. Like they don't need to have playoff level confidence. They have confidence in a matchup with the Philadelphia Phillies that they can hang because they've been doing it for the past like five or six years. So that basically breaks down why I'm a little bit worried about the Marlins. But guess what, folks? Coming up, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be worried about the Marlins whatsoever. I am, but I'm going to take myself out of my body here for a second. And I'm going to put myself in the mindset of just, I'm going to try to at least, a third-party observer. Someone who doesn't look at it as like, oh, the Marlins are bad luck for the Phillies. Analysts don't care about bad luck, all right? What they care about is what is the quality of this opponent versus the quality of that opponent. We're going to break that down, and I'm going to tell you why it's largely in the favor of the Philadelphia Phillies coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about game time. All right. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. I mean, you got playoff games coming up. They're going to be stressful enough. You shouldn't have to worry about tickets. And game times is game times. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets entirely. There's so much stuff on there. They got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals for different parts of the arena or the theater, wherever you're going. Views from all the seats in the venue. It's not like, oh, it's only the good ones. You got to look at the nice seats to see the view. No, all of them. And the lowest price guarantee, uh, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all this stuff is all built in there. They've got it at game time. They know how to do it right. So you're at very little risk. Uh, when you're buying these tickets compared to other places you could get them, go ahead and check out game time. I mean, uh, they've got great deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. you got to go ahead and check it out. Uh, so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account. And best part, you can use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. You get a $40 ticket. You use code locked on MLB. You're getting 50% off that. You got $20 off. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, game one of Phillies Marlins is tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you'll be able to pull up everything there. Get prepared tomorrow. We're going to get into the X's and O's of this series, the pitching matchups and all that stuff. Confirm who's throwing when, who do you need to be worried about, and everything like that. But here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go directly in the face of how I'm feeling. Because I understand how I'm feeling is a very Phillies fan perspective. I want to try and take an unbiased perspective here. It's going to be hard to do because I am going to be nervous the whole time they're playing the Marlins. But I want to kind of take you out of a Phillies fan shoes and just look at the quality opponents. So uh, I'm looking at these teams. And I'm looking at these numbers, okay? Batting leaders for both of these teams. Kyle Schwarber has 47 home runs. 
Jorge Soler, 36. Now, Jorge Soler is a better average at 250 for the Marlins, but Schwarber, $1.97 on the average, 197 and uh, 47 bombs. He's the better power hitter. He's the best power hitter in this series. So you have that as an advantage. Luis Arise, batting 354. He's the biggest weapon for Miami. We're going to talk plenty about him as we prepare you for this series. And he's the guy that you need to take advantage of. Now, Zach Wheeler has had a little bit of success against him recently. So that's a good sign. Maybe he could get in a position where uh, he's not giving up uh, hits or multi-hit games to Luis Arise. But uh, we'll go ahead and see. Bryce Harper, though, batting 293 to lead the Phillies. Remarkable what he's done this year. If you ask me who I wanted on a postseason roster more, Luis Arise or Bryce Harper, not a single person in baseball would pick Luis Arise. Nobody. Nobody with uh, a brain and multiple brain cells to rub together. Like, no chance. Luis Arise, great player. I'm not trying to put him down in any way. He's a very, very good average hitter. He's one of the great hand-eye hitters that we have in the modern game. Super talented, going to be a problem all series long. Bryce Harper might be the number one most dangerous player in this postseason. And that includes Ronald Acuna. That includes Mookie Betts. That includes Matt Olson. That includes a lot of folks. Bryce Harper just has clutch gene unlike anybody else in baseball right now. And he's on the Philadelphia Phillies side. RBIs, this is the biggest thing, right? Uh, Nick Castellanos leads the Phillies with 106 RBIs this year. He's had a great year. Outstanding that he clears the 100 RBI mark. Brian De La Cruz leads the, uh, the Nationals. The Marlins with 78 RBIs. It's not even close. Uh, Castellanos nearly has 30 more RBIs. And just something I'm looking at as far as the standings, this goes back into it as well. So the Phillies are basically their leaders in two of the three important offensive categories. Arise is a monster. I get it. Uh, but you, you're looking good comparatively. Now, here's the other thing I want to bring up ahead of this series, okay? The runs scored over the course of the Major League Baseball season. This is your ability to score runs. Because in the playoffs, I mean, they're going to be tighter games, but offense is still a huge factor. So the top team in baseball is the Atlanta Braves. They scored 947 runs. That's the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Rays, the Astros, the Cubs, the Orioles. And then next it's the Phillies. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Phillies are in eighth place in all of baseball and runs scored. The Phillies, 796 runs scored this year, and a plus 81 run differential. Let's keep scrolling. Let's keep scrolling. Let's keep scrolling all the way down here to the bottom. Oh, hey, look, it's the Miami Marlins who scored 666 runs this year. They scored 130 less runs than the Philadelphia Phillies did. They have a run differential of minus 57. They're 38 and 43 on the road. They have a losing record on the road. Do you know the next lowest playoff team uh, in run scored was the Milwaukee Brewers at 728. Uh, surrounding Miami, the Yankees, 673. Uh, the Guardians, 662 run scored. The Tigers, 661 run scored. The White Sox, the Oakland Athletics. The only teams below the Miami Marlins were Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, the White Sox, and Oakland. It's just dreck. Totally terrible. Now, that does say that the Marlins, their way of getting here is the pitching staff and the defense has been really good and carried them, and they've made the most out of winning tight games. That could be an asset. But, I mean, folks, you look at the Diamondbacks, 
The Diamondbacks are kind of middle of the pack. They scored 746 runs. The Phillies scored 796. The Diamondbacks run differential, minus 15. It's negative, but still. And I wanted the Diamondbacks. I wanted maybe the Cubs, who have scored 819 runs and whose offense is pop, and they end up not making the playoffs. You end up with Miami. I'll tell you what. Miami is probably, when you look at the stats, the least valued team in all of this postseason. Like, the American League is stacked. Uh, Minnesota might be a little bit iffy there in the central as the central champion, because there were so many good teams in the AL East. Like it was hard to envision the AL central having any team as good as the top three teams in the East, but we'll see what the twins have to do. Um, no, but when I look at the Marlins, I say that's the lowest caliber playoff team. And last year, I don't think the Philadelphia Phillies were the lowest caliber playoff team. Like I think they got in and were the last, seed in in the national league but i don't think anyone was saying oh the phillies have no shot i think they're saying they have talent but we'll see how it plays out there's some other contributing factors to that one and i I don't know i just the stats say that you shouldn't be worried about the marlins my gut says that i should be very worried about the marlins you make the call on how you're going to feel going into the series we're going to break down more numbers in tomorrow's episode and everything like that but it's very iffy to me as to how this series is going to play out because of that hope factor, the belief factor, the feeling that the Marlins probably have that they can beat this team, but the numbers say they can't. So are you a numbers person? You're a gut person? You're a combination of two? Make your decision. I still think the Phillies are winning this series. I just think it's going to be closer than a lot of people would love for it to be because of the Marlins' ability to just feel like they can beat this team. But coming up, we're just going to recap the regular season a little bit and talk about some Really, really strong performances from the Philadelphia Phillies as we head into the postseason that need to be recognized regardless of how the season plays out. So we'll discuss that as we wrap up Lock on Phillies. Oh, yeah, by the way, Phillies-Marlins. I don't know if you know this, but there's a big baseball game coming up tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies and you'll be able to pull up everything there. A huge game, the first of another postseason run. Now, let's go ahead and look through some stats from the Philadelphia Phillies regular season. First of all, the first one I want to look at. For all the people who said Kyle Schwarber can't bat leadoff, he can't bat there, this, that, the other, he hit 47 darn home runs. Like, the guy is unbelievable. I don't care how many times he struck out. I don't care what his average is. He hit 47 home runs, and he had 104 RBIs on the season. That's a great, great year from anybody. And we're complaining because we don't like the spot in the order he's batting. It's ridiculous at this point. Let it go. Kyle Schwarber had a very strong year for the Philadelphia Phillies, especially a late push to help them continue to lock up postseason perform- or postseason seating. Nick Castellanos almost met, went 30 per 100 himself. He had uh, 29 home runs, just missing the 30 mark, 106 RBIs. All-star, uh, great year. This is what you paid for from Nick Castellanos. He looks so much better in his second year than what he did in his first year. Speaking of looking so much better, Trey Turner ends the season with 26 home runs. He ends up batting now 266 is not where he wanted to be, but with how the season started, that's insane. And 26 home runs? Like, that's crazy. I was expecting, when I was talking about a good year from him, like really playing up to his potential the whole time through, I was like, 25, maybe 30 home runs. 
he played terribly for most of this year, and he still had 26 bombs. Like, if he's rolling, he's a problem for the Philadelphia Phillies. And this is, I think, the most remarkable one. Bryce Harper ends up hitting 21 home runs and having 72 RBIs, batting 293, coming back from Tommy John surgery, faster than anybody in human history has ever returned from it to play baseball. I don't even have words for it. I don't have, know how to explain Bryce Harper's season this year. Like there are a lot, there are some other things to keep an eye on. Alec Bohm's got 97 RBIs. He nearly cleared 100. He's got 20 bombs. Um, I mean, Bryson Stott has been outstanding all year. He's only batting 280 now, but there are points where he was over 300 this year. Uh, he showed off a little bit of power, 15 home runs, but he's just like he was a really big part of this offense. There are other guys that have showed up and done well, and we haven't even gotten into the pitchers yet or anything like that, but. Bryce Harper, just an insanely good year. Like, I don't know how to even put into words how much it's meant to this team that he's come back early and done what he's done. Uh, he leads the team in OBP, 401. Uh, like, he's just the greatest Philly I think I've ever seen. And he's had an outstanding season. So that's just looking at some stats there uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies hitters uh, and everything as far as that's concerned. Pitching-wise, I mean – there weren't too many guys that had like ridiculous, ridiculous seasons. Zach Wheeler ended up being pretty much on par with what you expect from him. He had 212 Ks and um, 192 innings pitched. That's good. A 3.61 ERA. Cool. Like that's great. Aaron Nola wasn't up to snuff. Tom Walker was kind of iffy. Like that's the thing. No pitcher was really consistently good throughout the year for the Philadelphia Phillies. There was really hot stretches and really cold stretches, and that happened. So you just got to kind of live with that. But I feel good about the quality of pitchers. I just don't think anyone was overly surprising this year, besides Aaron Nola, surprisingly, how uh, how bad he was at points and how inconsistent. There are guys in the bullpen, like Jeff Hoffman, a great surprise. He's going to be part of this uh, team in the postseason. Matt Strom, a really nice surprise early on. Craig Kimbrell. Great as a closer. Got to figure out what situation you can use him in or not. Jose Alvarado, if he's healthy, he's a monster. Michael Lorenzen throws a no-hitter. He's now going to probably be in the bullpen, and you're looking at a situation where he is settling into that bullpen role a little bit better. He'll need to be good, but we know what his ceiling is. Like, this team's talented. They have everything they need to do. Now they need a little bit of luck, a whole lot of hope, and belief, and they just need to go out and play good baseball. And they're capable of doing the first one. Now, the other stuff's the hard part because there's an element of randomness to who wins in baseball. They're going to have to hope the gods are on their side again. But they put themselves in as good a position. They have talented enough players to take advantage of any opportunity that presents them uh, presents itself to them for the National League playoff run and hopefully the World Series again. So fingers crossed. New Red October coming tomorrow. The victory shirt is on today because they won yesterday. The victory shirt will be continuing to be worn uh, following any postseason victory. So you'll be able to see this red Phillies Hawaiian shirt on me. Every time the Phillies win a playoff game, it may smell like champagne by the time everything's all said and done. But that would be a good thing. I'd be happy about that. Tomorrow, we're going to break down game one. We're going to talk about everything you need to know ahead of the start of the Phillies postseason series with the Marlins. So we'll get into that a little bit more in depth, but that's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Appreciate it. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, and we are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow ahead of game one of the NL wildcard series between the Phillies and the Marlins on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.